whether the weather is cold or whether the weather is hot, we'll weather the weather whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. This is Mississippi Thing. I'm Julian Rankin, here for a mic check. That's a solo podcast, just to talk to you a little bit about the weather. And this is the weather kind of talk that you do with your cabbie or in the elevator. You know, that light-hearted stuff. And uh, my partner in crime, Corey Christie, he's not with me today. He's, he's traveling out west. Manifest Destiny is, has taken him to, to Las Vegas to, to lose all his money and to come back a poor man. And, and then he'll be begging to be get back on this podcast because Lord knows this podcast is what pays our bills. But no, I think he's out there with his family, and, and we wish him well. We wish him a safe journey. Because a couple weeks ago, it was, uh, it was not so safe, not so easy to get back here to Mississippi or to the south. We had a cold snap. I had several friends of mine who were out in Colorado and, and got stranded. And who would have thought you leave Mississippi, go out to the snow-capped mountains, and you can't get back because the snow doesn't come home. Come home to roost. And that's what it did. And this is a serious topic, you know, the weather. Here on the coast, you've got hurricanes. In the delta, you've got floods. And during this, this ice and snow, we've had people without water. I mean, it really is no joke. But, you know, this podcast is where good journalism comes to die. And so we're not going to dwell on the hard-hitting truths about systemic inequities and why people are, are without water or, or what have you. We're going to talk more about the philosophical we're going we're gonna to wax poetic and try to decode what Mississippi weather is all about. And I grew up learning about Mississippi weather like many of you perhaps did, looking from afar, you know, um, outside of Mississippi, because we were trying to understand what is this thing I've heard about? What is this thing about the seasons changing? You know, what is this? Because we did not experience four seasons, and, and we don't to this day. We have a, an issue of time collapsing, a paradigm of of seasons shortening and, and disappearing altogether. You know, we, we've got seasons that are on the back of milk cartons. You know, where did fall go? Or where is winter? And usually it's, it's all about summertime. But we learned, you know, about, about the, the fact that there were seasons, there was snow. We learned about extreme weather events from our children's books. You know, that, that classic uh, book, Cloudy with a Chance of Vienna Sausages, uh, which was the Mississippi translation we always had in our libraries. But the weather is different here. And like I said, summer is the predominant season. You know, summer, that time of endless days, endless 100-degree days. Um, but it ain't the heat, it's the humidity, just so you know. And I remember those days because of the, the smell of cut grass, you know, in the baseball field, in the soccer field. The smell of cut grass overwhelmed only by the, the pungent scent of sweat and little Debbies. Sweat and honey buns, sweat and ding-dongs, sweat and oatmeal raisin pies. Excuse me, oatmeal cream pies. Those are my favorite. I'm an old soul. And, you know, this, this kind of summertime I'm speaking of, it, it's porch-sitting weather, of course. It's also porch-building weather. We had a porch built on our uh, our single wide trailer at the deer camp in, in summertime kind of weather. And if you have your porch built, it's, it's usually built partially by your pappy, of course. 
But usually there's a guy named Vernon, a fat guy named Vernon, who's doing a lot of the porch building. And, and Vernon's a shirtless guy. He's got got rolls coming over his jeans, and he don't care about having having those hanging out because it's hot outside. And and Vernon, he actually is the grand champion of eating honey buns. I've seen him do do a dozen in uh, in less than a dozen minutes. And um, and maybe I was just smelling Vernon, you know, when I think about that summer scent. Maybe it, it was just Vernon that was wafting through the air. But but nonetheless, you know, I think back to that. I think back to all the sunburns we had. You know, when when we were growing up, we we didn't use uh, any of that SPF fifty. You know, we, we we weren't we weren't messing with all that. We were just throwing our shirts to the wind, going to the neighborhood pool, and and getting so sunburned that we blistered. Fire ant wars all day, you know, taking our M80s and, and going to war with the fire ants. I feel bad about it, crushing those civilizations, but, you know, we were young. We were young. There's a lot of ghosts of those fire ant wars, and and ghosts are going to come back come back to haunt us in this podcast, uh, I think. Um, I got a little theory about, about something that involves the undead and the the long gone. So we'll, we'll get to that. And actually, we'll, we'll get to that right after this break. Today's solo podcast is brought to you by The Boot Outlet. They got two locations down here on the, on the Gulf Coast, and they're known for, wait for it, Crocs. Nope. Sandals. Nope. Nope. Boots. That's right. Boots. Those things that go on your feet. Those things some of us call shoes. The things that some of us in Mississippi do not wear, but many of us do, most of us do, and, uh, and they'll get you set up. So I encourage you, if you need any boots, just Google boots if you're nearby, and they'll probably come up. But they also don't just sell boots. They sell shirts. So when you lose your shirt at the casino, they got you covered. So thank you to the boot outlet. They didn't ask for this, uh, this commercial and they'll probably lose business because of it. And that's what we're doing here. You know, we, we like to support small businesses, but we also like to challenge them with, with subpar readings. And, um, and this is the first of, of many, I hope. So if you have a business and you'd like to lose a little bit of business, uh, please do remember to shoot us an email at msthingpod at gmail.com. And we will, off the cuff, off the dome, uh, say something um, about your business. And it may not be good. You know, it may be that we tell people to look up your business and then to give you a bad review. We, we don't advocate for that, but I'm just saying it might be something we do. But uh, the Boot Outlet does uh, not deserve your bad reviews. It deserves you to go and, and walk around their store for a very long period of time and pretend like you're going to buy something. Um, and then don't buy anything. you know. Um, Got to throw that out there. And, and that's just challenging them to do a good sales job. So um, holler at us. We'll, we'll shout your business out. And uh, now back to the show. So when, when we left, we were talking about summer and all the things we did. And, you know, there was one activity that we did quite frequently. And if you have young boys of a certain age, uh, you, you can give them this activity, gets them out of the house for a while. And um, it, it's a sport, really. It's a sport called playboy hunting. Now, playboy hunting is a little like, like truffle hunting. You know, you got to have a nose for it. We certainly knew that the woods were often where you'd find these playboys. We'd heard tell of, of stashes in, in the trunks of old oak trees. But we really went seeking and finding, ultimately, successfully, our playboys in the, the dumpsters behind the public library. And I, and I wonder why, and, and then I remember, you know, playboys are, are, are about the articles. Perhaps there was a little too much 
linguistic flourish in these playboys for some of our our neighbors. Our um, our neighbors wanted to cut to the chase. Maybe they kept the penthouses and threw out the playboys. Maybe they this erudite tome of, of playboy was too much. But we found them. We found them in in that dumpster behind the public library and. And being the, the English majors at heart that we were, the lovers of literature, we could not see them go to the landfill, so we took them. We took them for the, for the articles. And you can hear about that, that adventure, actually, in, in the novel Flying Shoes by Lisa Howarth. She chronicles it very well, and I think she remembers it even, even better than we did, um, seeing these neighborhood boys running home with playboys stuffed into their shirts, we got spooked and, and a big breeze came through and I think the story goes that all the playboys started flying out the back of our shirts. It was like confetti in the wind and and that, that that's what summer was about. You know, these are these are simpler times. The pastoral, as I mentioned, smell of, of sweat and honey buns and and the very formative childhood learnings of, of young boys. Young boys reading. Young boys reading. But growing up in the Delta, as I did as a, as a younger child, I was always aware of floods. And I mentioned that we didn't have all the weather that, that some others had in the other states. You know, we didn't know about these, um, you know, these Vermont or Rhode Island changing of the leaves. We, we weren't familiar quite with that, but we knew about floods. We knew about the kind of Noah and Gilgamesh floods. And if you listen to this podcast at all, you, you know that we here in Mississippi, have this sense of the epic. We're, we're living on the edge of the earth. We're living in the, the magma core of, of the American imagination. And, and you know, when things happen here, they're, they're life and death. And, and certainly that, that was the case in the Delta. If you've ever, ever driven down a road and seen that road disappear into what looks like a sea, and you figure there's probably sea monsters beneath the depths swallowing up all those all those farms, all those fields. So that's why even in North Mississippi, we had our, our bass boat at the ready. Because you know, even up there in the hills, you know, no mountain is high enough to keep you from God's wrath. And so we were ready for the flood. We called that boat, that bass boat, the Quasi-Bodo. In part because we liked to, to fish the humps for bass, the humps being those underwater hills where the bass hang out. Now, we would get them. They'd try to hide, but we'd get them. And in the Quasi-Bodo, we, we probably only had room if we really had to flee for our two border collies. I suppose if, if that had happened, we'd have to repopulate the world with just border collies. There wouldn't be uh, too much biodiversity. And in that case, I, I think the border collies would probably have reverted to some kind of raccoon, you know. But raccoons, I guess, are the border collies of the varmint world. Kind of like velociraptors or the border collies of Jurassic Park. You know, they're really smart, they can open doors, and, and they go through your kitchen. But the seasons here, we don't have all four, but on the coast I've found that there are at least our three distinct seasons. And going from January, we'll just kind of start in the whole year, there, there's Mardi Gras season, which gives way to crawfish season. And finally, the longest season of them all, is, which is hurricane season. And these seasons, while predictable in their recurrence, are unpredictable in, the, in their weather events. And I've got friends of mine who swear by the Farmer's Almanac, but man, it ain't no better than the Weather Channel. You know, it's, it's as unpredictable as the weather is. It's like a farmer once told me about farming itself. He said, farming's like going to the casino. And so I don't trust the Farmer's Almanac. The, the only thing I trust 
The only thing I trust, because I've seen it in person, is the weather vane of Jim Cantori at the Biloxi Casino. Because when he's at the casino, you know something's coming. They don't send that man out there just to just to look into nothing. They send him out there to, to fight the good fight and, and to, uh, to wax poetic for 17 hours straight about the parking lot at the Golden Nugget going underwater. By the way, I was thinking about when I mentioned farmers, there's a great Hunter Thompson quote. He says, he, he talked like a farmer with terminal cancer, trying to borrow money on next year's crop. That's, your, that's on your reading list for tonight with, uh, with flying shoes. Go, go check those out. But I do remember hell freezing over a few times. Hell froze over uh, that one year when, when Ole Miss and Mississippi State football were, were ranked one and two in the country, I think it was, at least top three. Cover Sports Illustrated, and everyone was all high on it, thinking, oh, man, we're getting out of school. We're going to make snowmen, that, you know, that kind of optimism about the snow day, that kind of thing. But just like Mississippi snow, that, that dissipated right quick. In football season, that's another one of those definitive seasons. Typically, though, it ends, especially for Ole Miss and Mississippi State folks, it ends about Thanksgiving at the Egg Bowl. Because nine times out of ten, we're not playing any games after that. Not at all. Now, in terms of real, real ice, real hell freezing over, I also saw that in 1994 in Oxford, Mississippi. It was the great ice storm of 94. And we didn't know any better. We didn't realize that we were going to be without power for weeks. And, you know, candlelight, that's just exciting. We were just camping in our house for, for days. That's all it felt like for us. But, of course, that was, the adults were all freaked out and, you know, they were having to deal with filling up the tub, making sure the pipes didn't freeze. Us kids, though, we were just venturing out like we were in the Iditarod, you know, leashing our dogs to our sleds and riding through the cemetery, which was one of the big hills we always went to whenever it did snow. Or whenever we wanted to pretend it like it snowed and, and we would just go down the, the bare hill with mostly grass. It might have a few flakes on it and we'd dodge into gravestones. But yeah, we, we leased those dogs up and yeah, they had no idea the Iditarod had come to, to North Mississippi. It was like we were in a Jack London novel. And the roads all froze over. And man, we're like Cool Runnings kids. You know, we're, we might as well be from the island. You know, we, we weren't cut out for this stuff. But we, uh, we did it anyway. The, the roads had froze and, and uh, the gutters were like luge chutes. So we'd put our sleds in there. They just fit just perfectly, those, those plastic sleds. And we were after it after it this this road these hills went all the way down to the to the elementary school and, and we were we were going and going but the problem was if you if you broke out of the chute and went into the middle of the road that's where you hit the gnarly ice the jagged ice and i did it a few times i, I think it's actually where i got my nickname jagged ice come to think of it people still call me jagged ice by the way but the seasons uh they happen on top of each other even within a day so over the past couple of weeks, like I said, it's been icy here. Snap your fingers, it's summertime. And this all happens within hours. So you'll wake up in the morning, feel like you're freezing. Your thermostat doesn't know what's going on. By the time it's 1230, it's 85 degrees. So that's why you got to get really good at dressing in layers. And I don't mean the layers like you see in the L.L. Bean catalogs where you got everything all nice and tidy. I mean, you got to do it extreme. You got to have your Carhartt jumper on your jumpsuit 
and your Daisy Dukes underneath in case you got to make a quick dash and, it, and, the, and the temperature goes back up. You got to have your Atlanta Braves starter jacket on and your half shirt from JV football. You know, you can't mess around. But I think there's a solution to some of the, the malfeasance we see, the calamity we see when a little bit of ice falls. Because from Atlanta to, to Little Rock to, to Houston, everybody knows that when, when the roads get even a flake on it, we all turn into geriatric drivers, even the youngest of us, and, and end up with our Tercels and our Camrys spun off into the ditch. So I think we need to take a lesson from these Gulf Coast folks. Because when a hurricane comes and people are stranded, you hear from miles away, that Cajun Navy coming through. And you know the Cajun Navy. They're these guys with their airboats just coming straight out the bayou and, uh, and coming to save these people. You know, getting in kind of a wagon train of, of boats to, to save the day. And I think we need a version of the Cajun Navy, but for snow and ice. That's, you know, middle of the state and up. So these, are, these would be farmers and guys with big tractors, folks who can throw some snow chains, or if they don't have snow chains, at least some chicken wire around the tires. And, and we'll come up with a name for them. They'll be like the Redneck Marines, something like that. We can workshop it. I don't know. But I'm actually working on that now and, and uh, talking to the legislature. I figure if we can have you know a Space Force on a federal level, we can at least get some redneck Marines formulated here to, to help us out next time it, it freezes. Because, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's like roadkill on the side of the road. You know, it's like car after car, you know, little Geos and Kia Sophias. And, um, and we got to do something about it, you know? We do got to do something about it because we're all not going to learn how to drive. You know, we need some saviors. If we're going to deal with, with Noah and the flood, you know, we, we need our saviors. And I'm thinking that it, it's going to be done by, by putting together a force. Now, speaking of which, in, in these past few weeks, I have been thinking about this, uh, this paradigm of, of peripatetic weather where, you know, it starts off one way and, and an hour later you got to got to whip out the Daisy Dukes. And the big thing I've been thinking about is, is, is the cold. You know, why is it so cold at 60 degrees and colder at, at that temperature than it is at, at 25 degrees in, in some other more northern state? If you're out on the ski slopes and it's 25 degrees, you feel right good, you know? And some of us, you know, we'll go snowboarding in a flannel shirt. You know, we do that. We don't have the equipment. But man, make it 60 degrees... On the, at the end of February or, or mid-March here in Mississippi, we can't handle it. And what I think's happening has everything to do with ghosts. Now stick with me. You know, we're not the most populous state. But for every town that's got 357 people, there's about 7,000 ghosts. Now these are Civil War ghosts. These are Native American ghosts. These are African American ghosts. These are railroad worker ghosts. These are old sharecropper and farmer and general store ghosts. We got a lot of ghosts. They've, they've come from pretty much every chapter of American history. And I think there's probably some, some ghosts of, of all the squirrels we've shot with BB guns too. There's a lot happening. And, and I think what's going on is when it gets below 70 degrees, the ghosts, they start to come out, start to come outside. Because they're already closer to ground. I mean, look at all these mausoleums. If, if, if you go down to some of these, uh, these kind of Natchez cemeteries, Little New Orleans up there, you know? 
all the shallow graves that have been done here and dug here, the ghosts are coming out. And if you ever watched any ghost hunting shows, you know that the ghosts, they bring the cold. So this isn't the cold of the atmosphere. This is the cold of context. This is the cold of our history. That kind of cold that makes the hairs on your neck stand up. The hair standing up like at the end of an Ole Miss football game when it's plus or minus three points and Ole Miss is driving and you just know they're going to Ole Miss it. You just know something bad is going to happen. So I think when we're out here and, and the temperature drops, and, and you really should watch for it, when the temperature drops, getting in the low 70s, it's about to hit 60, you got to be ready because the past is coming for you in the form of that chill. So keep that jacket, keep that windbreaker in your truck, keep those long johns handy. And just make sure you're ready for the Mississippi weather. This is Mississippi Thing. This is Mississippi Thing. This is Mississippi Thing. This is Mississippi Thing. This is Mississippi Thing.